0: Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come.
1: Good morning. Happy Easter. Welcome to those of you that are in person. Give some love to those who may be watching online from everywhere. Give them some love. Would you do that? And here's what's cool about Easter is that we are celebrating the resurrected Jesus Christ who came into this world, had victory over death, and because we are worshiping him today, because he's not a dead God, he's a live God. So let's give Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, praise today, church. All right. We're so glad you are here today and so i just want to jump out of the gate and ask you a question as i set this thing up for today how many of you have ever been whitewater rafting before raise your hand all right how many of you that just raised your hand have been like me and almost died from whitewater rafting before Yes, okay. Now we're kind of in the same boat together. You know, our men, the men of our churches went on a men's retreat for probably a decade now. And for many of those years, we would go down and camp a couple of days down at the Ocoee area. And we would go to, uh, on the Ocoee. And and for years, we had done the lower part, which is for sissies, about two hours. And some of you are thinking, that's where I almost died. Don't call me a sissy. But no, it's not as bad in the lower part. If you really want to get really into the more big rapids and dangerous-like rapids, you go to the upper part, which takes you about four hours to four and a half to do it. That's where actually it's the 1984 Olympics was held there. And so, man, for years, we, if you get, if you get me and, and just like six guys and you get a good guide and you're in sequence with one another, you have no trouble going through the Olympic part. But this one year was different. Now, <laughs> we had uh, we had uh, the same guide from the previous year. She was a college gal, and I don't know what you know about a lot of those guys and gals up there, but man, when they're, they're doing the, the, the whole thing on the Ocoee, and then in the wintertime, they're doing the whole snowboarding deal. So they're just great people. We had the actual same guide that year, a second year in a row, and I thought, man, this is gonna be cool again. We're going have a great time. So we all know that we get in sequence, and when you're fixing to go down into all those crazy names, they call that stuff, and you get to the Olympic course, but here's what's weird, before you get there, and I've been through several times, there's people standing all along the edges with ropes. And what they do is when they are cheering them on to go out of the boat, actually to face dying for some reason. And so when they do, they throw the rope out to be able to pull them in. And they brag about how many they pulled in. So here we are, we're going to go into the Olympic course part, right? So we start to go in there and I mean, we've got a good team of guys, we're all in sequence. So we start rowing real hard, going down into it so we can come out of it, but for some reason I thought rapture was happening because our boat started going straight up. And it got up to here and next thing you know, I was in the water gasping for breath and then I, I had to, all this stuff go through my mind, I said, this is how it ended. I did. And I remembered in my mind that they told me, they said, Whenever you fall in, tuck your feet and get on your back as fast as you can because the rocks will tear you up underneath. So I did that. But I'm gasping for breath, and the water's gushing real hard. And I just remember this rope hit me in the head, and they come to me. And so I grabbed this rope, and they pulled me over to the edge of the bank, and I was fine. Miraculously— I was one out of us, six guys in the boat. The other five guys were bloodied up. They had gotten beat up by the rocks. I don't know how I come through it without a scratch on me. But you know what? I think I'm going to do like a lot of the guys do from now on. I think I'll just golf instead of going on the Ocoee. But you know, I got to thinking about that. Isn't it kind of like this thing that we've experienced over this past year on the river of life? Yes, our lives gets really torrential at times, but then all of a sudden we hit the current of covid which led us to greater problems than any of us have ever experienced in our life and we're all in the same boat together we never saw it coming you know and all of us over this past year have swirled faster and been through more than we ever thought that we would more than what you and i were ever prepared for in this life and and here's what i know about human beings and about us as as people here today celebrating our risen Savior. If we let it, we can be taken down if we buy into the lie of insecurity, if we buy into the lie of fear, if we buy into the lie of worry, if we buy into the the lie of doubt, and we receive that as a new normal, we can't buy into that lie. Just say this with me, no way. Look at the person next to you and say, no way. We're not going to buy into the lie as a new normal. So it boils down to, am I going to live this life overwhelmed or am I going to live this life overcoming? You say, what do you mean? We live in a world that we focus on problems, we seem to focus on the uncertainties. I don't know about you, but I had to make a decision some time back ago that I just don't watch the news like I used to. How many of you are like me? I just don't want to watch it because all they want to do is to steal and kill and destroy your joy, just like the enemy does in John 10, 10. And you know what? I have enough of the weight of the world on my shoulders without taking on more stuff that I don't even understand. It's not that I don't care. It's not that I don't want to pray for world events and things that's going on in the United States. We need to do that. But a lot of times it just gets so overwhelming and we all have our own overwhelming stuff going on in situations in life every day. There's no doubt in this past year, someone in this room got laid off because businesses were shut down. There's no doubt that somebody in this room here, you spent more time together with your spouse than you ever did. (laughs) And it got rough in your marriage. Maybe you're here and you got your college degree and you sent out all those resumes. Then COVID hit. You haven't got a call for a job yet. Maybe a year later, you still haven't got a call for a job. Maybe someone that you love dearly, you never saw it coming, but they lost their life. And it's hurt you deeply and you just don't understand it. Maybe it's a situation of where you spent a lot of time together. (laughs) Now you're going to have your first child. (laughs) And uh, you think you know what it's going to be about, but you really don't. See, a lot of times, everything that's happened in the past, it wants to keep us in the past, and it wants to keep all this weight on us. You get the picture of what I'm saying. Life can become so easily overwhelming. And and here's what I know about people. There's two types of people. Whenever you share your life with somebody else, uh, a lot of times there's that one type of person, they're that no big deal person. You know what I'm saying? You say, what do you mean? Well, you tell them about what's going on, and they say, well, you just need to shut up and just quit crying over spilt milk and just get over it. And it makes you feel like, Less than, and you know why they tell you that? They tell you, you know why they tell you it's no big deal? Because it's not them; it's happening to other people. Are you tell them your story and what's going on with you and what's going on in your life? And they say, "Well, now let me tell you my story." And next thing you know, you just want to go out and get hit by a bus after they get done telling you everything that's going on in their life. (laughs) You're thinking in yourself, but I don't want to be either type of those people. And I know also that a lot of times the things that you're facing right now. I'm not going to tell you because you come to church today and celebrate Easter at Freedom Church that it's going to go away. If you had an eviction notice this past week, there's a good chance when you get home, the eviction notice is still going to be standing. If you had a stack of unpaid bills on your desk and, or on your table, kitchen table, and there's a good chance those unpaid bills are still going to be there when you get home. If you're in school here and you're getting bullied at school is a good chance it's still going to be happening the situation where you have a kid an unruly teenager and things aren't going good in your relationship with them there's a good chance that that will still be taking place but here's what I will say to you are you willing to settle for being overwhelmed by the circumstances that's robbing you of your joy? Or do you wanna be an overcomer? If you wanna be an overcomer, would you just lift your hand and say, I wanna be an overcomer. I don't wanna be overwhelmed by all this stuff that we face in life. Here's what I know about life, and I deal with it personally. What gets our attention ultimately determines our direction. They threw me a lifeline that day. And I will tell you, that saved my life in that river. Because that lifeline got my attention. Today, there's a true lifeline. His name is Jesus. And I hope and pray if he's not your king and he's not your Lord, that you make him your king and your Lord before you leave today. Because I'm telling you, life can get so overwhelming and you can be an overcomer. And I'm not saying that it's about this mind thing, the where that if I don't think about bad circumstances, that they're going to go away. What I'm asking you to do and to focus on Not the circumstances, but you focus on Christ. Not focus on the situation of things you're going through, but focus on the Savior named Jesus. Then everything changes. Look at Hebrews, what it says in chapter 12 in the New Testament in verse 2. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on who? What's his name? Jesus. Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame now he is seated in the place of honor beside god's throne there's times in my life that i had incorrect focus and it resulted in fear it resulted in me having anxiety it resulted in me having worry and sometimes even depression and you know what when i would look to god and say god please change my circumstances jesus you know what Jesus wasn't interested in changing my circumstances. Jesus was interested in changing me. And that's what he wants to do for each of us in our lives. He'll do the same for you so that you can experience the life that he intended for you to have. That he planned for you before you breathe your first breath or your heartbeat for the first time. So here's what I want to tell you about this Easter. I don't want this just to be an Easter time for you. I want you to mark a line in the sand of what's going to take place, and if you don't have a church family, I'm going to talk about this series of Overwhelmed over the coming weeks, and I promise you, if you'll give that time to yourself, it will make a difference in your life. I know it has for me, because I want to be an overcomer. How do we deal with these things being overwhelmed? Next week, I'm going to talk about stress. How many of you here have stress? Everybody should raise their hand. Everybody has stress in their life. Everybody has anxiety. I'm going to talk about it next week. We're going to talk about over this course of time about addiction and depression and anger. We're going to talk about unforgiveness. We're going to talk about the students because I've never seen times that students today are facing most overwhelming circumstances I've ever witnessed in my life. And if you've got students, man, you need to be here. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to give you false promises. I'm not going to tell you that we're going to have a great time and we're going to eat all kinds of candy and and, and talk about unicorns and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. What I am going to tell you is that It's not going to always go away, but what I'm going to tell you is is how that God's going to get you through, no matter what you're facing in your life. So today, with that being said, I want to share a few things with you about overcoming is really about understanding. And the first thing you have to understand in your life is that God is great. Now, how many of you prayed the prayer, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for the, the eggs? Or whatever it is, right? You know what I'm saying? But we do. But when you pray that prayer, and we even, you even, may have even grew up praying that prayer. When you did and you prayed that prayer, I want you to understand, so it's one thing to say the prayer. It's another one to believe that God truly is great. And the temptation is, is that when we're feeling overwhelmed in life, what do we do? We focus on the problems. We focus on the situations. And to understand God's greatness, you've got to understand God's character that he is a great god there's a guy in the bible that i've been studying in the scriptures and i've read multiple things about him and i've been looking at different things for quite some time his name is daniel daniel was a guy in the bible that that went through some overwhelming circumstances and how he became victorious through those circumstances in the midst of them. Too many times we focus on the problem. We don't focus on what God can do with us in those problems. Instead with Daniel, instead of him being a person that's a victim, he became victorious. Let me give you a little bit of background about Daniel. In 605 BC, Babylon invaded, invaded Israel. It was a brutal battle. People died. People became slaves, and this all could have been avoided because God, his people, walked away from him, and for hundreds of years they had walked away from him, and God had tried every way in the world to get their attention. Prophet after prophet after prophet came and was trying to get them to get on the right path with God, but they refused to listen. And when they refused to listen, and because of the rebellion, God allowed an invasion by Babylon to take over his own people. As a matter of fact, it says in Daniel 1 that God gave King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon victory over his own people. Does that not sound like the United States of America we live in today, church? So with that being said, and thinking about Daniel, I want us to take a look at his life for a few moments of time. And I think we'll learn something that will be so beneficial when you're in an overwhelming situations of life. I'll pick up in verse 3 of Daniel 1. It says, "Then the king ordered Aspinaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who have been brought to Babylon as captives." Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said, and make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning and are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. Now, Let me ask you a question when I read this story here. How many of you are familiar with hearing about Daniel and the lion's den from Sunday school or something? Or you've heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and when they were thrown into a fire. Remember that? Well, these are great Sunday school stories, but there's a whole lot of things that our Sunday school teachers didn't teach us. When it came to Babylon and when they took over, they killed a lot of people and they left the poor people to tend the land there. Then they took the best and the brightest with them and killed the rest of the people. Could you imagine Daniel going from royalty to slavery? Could you imagine Daniel here watching his friends die, watching his family die, watching the very things that he once was go by the wayside, forcing him to have a new language, forcing him to wear a new wardrobe, forcing him into a new identity. Totally overwhelming circumstances I could never imagine. And and here, I will tell you, I'm not trying to minimize anything you may be going through in your life because Daniel's situation most likely was probably worse. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is, is to focus on how Daniel responded to his circumstances. Daniel's victory was because he was relentless with these overwhelming circumstances that he believed in a power of a great God. And that's what we've got to do is to believe in a power of a great God. You've got to refuse to allow the circumstances in your life overwhelm you. Here, Daniel, he refused to let them buck his beliefs, and Babylon was trying to make him a slave. They were trying to brainwash him. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever see your circumstances attempting to enslave you? He said, "What do you mean? Well, that's what ends up happening a lot of times. We become a slave of our circumstances. However, when we see near the beginning of this story of Daniel that everything kind of changes, it says in verse 8, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. <laughs> You're probably thinking, well, he just did the Daniel diet, vegetables and water. You know, that's, what, that's what. No, it's a lot deeper than that. It's a lot deeper than that. When you begin to dig into this, you, it, you would think, it. well, I see that. Why don't he just have the Merlot and the filet, okay? Why don't he just do that? Sounds like a good meal, right? But it's, it's much deeper than that. Basically, why did he not want to dive into these foods? Because in Babylon, it was polytheistic gods. It means it had multiple false gods. And what they would do when the food came out of the king's kitchen, they would put the food in front of these, uh, all of these different gods. And when it came out from the king's court at that moment and you ate the food, you were publicly saying, I am a worshiper of the gods of Babylon. And for Daniel, this is where he drew the line and he refused to be able to cross the line. He basically was saying, you can come in and invade my country. You can kill my friends and family. You can march me across a couple of deserts and you can change my name and you can give me a new language and you can force me into this life. But I will not acknowledge and I will not worship your false gods because my God is greater than any circumstances I'm ever going to go through. That's what he's saying here. Like Daniel, for us to be overcomers, In our overwhelming situations, we've got to understand that God will always be greater than any circumstance that you ever go through in your life. Overcoming is understanding that. I'll tell you something else. Overcoming is understanding that God is bigger. Say that with me. God is bigger. Now think with me for a moment. How many of you have ever at Easter, at some point in time in your life, you got an Easter basket? And it had little bitty chickens in it, little live chickens. How many of you ever got an Easter basket and they gave you little bitty live chickens? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what happens to little bitty chickens about this big? What happens to them? They grow up to be big chickens, right? Well, my cousin, when I was about eight years old, he got an Easter basket that had all of these little chickens in it. And a few months later, I went down to his house. All these little chickens grew up to be big chickens. And I get out of the car with my family, and I walk — this is a true story, I'm still in counseling today for this, but anyway — I walk around to the back of the house, and here's this big rooster. And this rooster looked at me, and I'm telling you, he didn't know Jesus, he was lost because he had a demon in him. I'm not kidding y'all. And what did he do? The rooster started chasing me and I'm eight years old and I run like a girl screaming and crying like a baby while the rest of my family laughed at me. And you know, at any point in time, I was way bigger than what the rooster was and I could have turned around and I could have kicked him in the name of Jesus and sent him to a crock pot, but I didn't. You know, I I made friends with the chicken later. Here's a picture, you know. No, no that's, my, that's my big sister. No, I'm kidding. I don't even have a sister. <laughs> but here's the point. Here's the point. Man, I was so much bigger than that rooster, but I was running from that rooster, which was crazy. And people who know Jesus today, they run from things they have power over. That's what we end up doing. And in Christ, we have authority. In Christ, we have the ability to overcome anything the world throws at us, including COVID, not because of who we are, but who is in us when we become a Christian and a Christ follower. And we live through the power and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. That's what we can do because God is bigger. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won victory over that chicken or people or whoever. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Why in the world would I, or why in the world would you run from something we have power over? The reality is, is that God is greater than any chicken that's chasing you in this life. Now back to the story of Daniel here. There's two significant words that I went over very briefly and just reading it that I want to park on just for a moment. It says once again in verse 8 of Daniel 1, but Daniel, say that with me, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. His captors changed his name to a Babylonian name, Belshazzar, and to change his name in this culture was to change his identity. See, Daniel's name actually means God is my judge. Belshazzar means Baal saves or Baal will save my life. Now, here's what I know about him. He didn't allow his identity to be changed, or we would be reading in the book of But we're reading in the book of Daniel, and it's really cool. They even made VeggieTale movies out of Daniel. So we're reading the true identity of who he stood for in his life. Now listen, if you don't want to be overwhelmed in your circumstances, listen to me, then you cannot take on the identity of that which enslaves you. I've been a pastor for a quarter of a century or more. i've had people come to me and they tell me they were following christ or they were a christian and they'd say but i'm an addict pastor i say, wait a minute i thought you just said that you were a christ follower that you're born again that, that, that you know jesus and uh I'm not saying that when you become a Christ follower that things go away. You may struggle with something now. You may struggle with some kind of addiction. You may struggle with alcoholism. You may struggle with depression. You may may struggle with insecurity issues, but that's not what defines you in your life. But if you continue to identify yourself by your circumstances rather than identify yourself by Jesus, then you'll remain a prisoner of your circumstances for the rest of your life. Listen to me very closely. We need to stop identifying ourselves by the things that are slaving us, and we need to start identifying ourselves by the Savior who saved us in the name of Jesus His name. That's what we've got to do, church. That's what we do. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes what? What's those next two words? Say it out loud. Brand new. Say it out loud again. Brand new. They're a brand-new person inside. He is the same. He is not the same anymore. A new life. Say, new life life." has begun. See, God promises to give us strength. God promises to give us power to be able to overcome. And God is bigger than anything that you're facing right now. So stop running from anything that's running after you and step into the power of Almighty God because God is bigger. He's great. We know that. God is bigger, but also God is able. You've got to grasp that for the times that we're living in. So let me ask this question. How many in here across this auditorium or you're watching online, I want to ask the people that's in the crowd here, how many of you in here own a four-wheel drive truck? Raise your hand. All right, now hold your hand up real high. I know you're proud of it. Also, these are the people that are packing a gun right now. (laughs) Don't do anything stupid, okay? I will tell you. But here's what's so cool about here in the South. We like to prove, and i got a four-wheel drive too, we like to prove how powerful and how able our four-wheel drive is. And what's really cool, when it snows here in the South and we got blistered here a while back, man, if you're out there, let me let you in on something. If you get stuck, don't call a tow truck for 100 or $150, nothing against your tow truck company. But if you'll just sit, as long as your car's running and stay warm, I promise you, one of these people in a four-wheel drive, they're going to come by and they're going to show you how powerful their four-wheel drive is because they've got a 50-pound log chain in it they've got food in it they got flare guns they probably got rescue dogs and everything else and they're going to pull you out of a ditch and they're going to show you that and they're going to say you're welcome sir you're welcome ma'am because that's what they do because they like to show and brag how great the power is and what their truck can do well you know i equate that to thinking about our great god our great God is so powerful and He's so able. And what if Jesus' followers believed in the power of what God can do like these Tennessee rednecks believes in the power of their four-wheel drive? Think about that for a moment. That would be amazing. Now, when you think about Daniel in this story, I don't think Daniel had a four-wheel drive truck. He may have had a four-legged camel, but whatever it was, he didn't really have a lot to get him out of a tough spot. But what it was, he had an amazing grasp on the power of Almighty God to be able to pull him through some of the most overwhelming circumstances that a human, any human being would ever go through in their life. Look at verse 9 in Daniel 1. It says, now God. Say, now God. Now. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. See, these two words are very important, now God. You know why? Because God is a right now God. And you know what? God is working in your circumstances right as we speak, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what's going on. God is working in your favor right now and on your behalf. Now, a lot of people, when they think about God, they think, well, he's that back then God. You know, I've heard about what God did back then. I heard that that Moses uh, parted the Red Sea through the power of God and and was able to walk through on dry ground. Or I I heard that one time there was a bunch of bones in a desert in Ezekiel 37, and he turned them into an army of, of, of the living. Or I heard about how that Jesus took a little boy's McDonald's lunch and he fed thousands of people by multiplying it. I believe that miracles go on. I just don't believe that the miracles goes on today. People think that way. And then people think in this manner. They think that it's an only when God... In other words, it's only when I try to do religious stuff. It's only when I try to maybe go to church or I try to pray or it's only when I try to do certain things for him and I try for God. And the problem is with that, when you're doing stuff like that, it's religion. It's done on the cross. That's a relationship. And when you're just trying to do religious stuff, if you don't end up getting the miracle or you don't end up getting the rescue that God wants to give you in your life, you end up getting discouraged, you end up getting depressed, and you end up being bitter toward God because it didn't happen the way you wanted it to. God doesn't operate like that. God is a right now God, and He's right now working for you no matter what you're going through, and He's working for your good. Romans 8 and 28, Paul said this to the Romans, which is applicable to us. He says, and we know that God causes everything, say everything, Everything. to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Listen, when you start believing this about God, it's not going to necessarily be easy, but people even in your life, they're going to work against you and say, it's just not going to work out the way you think it is. And there even be people in your life. It's going to try to convince you otherwise of what God is doing in your life. That's what happened to Daniel in his direct report. Listen to what he responded to Daniel when he didn't want to eat the food. He says, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. See, any time that you make your, your mind that God is able, the world is going to put pressure on you to compromise. Did you get that? People in this world, they just want to make you compromise. And, and maybe you're here and you're single, or you're single again. And you've been trying to have a high standard about who you're going to do life with and who you're going to marry and, and maybe have children, and, but yet it's not happening as fast as you want it to. And you're thinking you'll help God out a little bit, and next thing you know you've found yourself dating someone and you already know they're not the right one for you. Or maybe it's a situation where you're married and you you gave a last ditch effort to come to Easter and you're just holding on in your marriage by threads. You met somebody at work and they seem to understand you better than your spouse does. Matter of fact, when you talk to them, they make you feel better about yourself and about your situation. And you've got in the back of your mind, maybe I have married the wrong person. Maybe I just need to trade them in and go with this one. Compromise. Whatever the situation is in your life, compromise will take you down a road that will not be healthy whatever the situation is we all face the temptation to compromise and we will not be able to overcome if we're flirting with something to compromise the way that God and the direction he wants to take you here's what Daniel did Daniel made up his mind with this food issue he wasn't going to budge and that he wasn't going to just follow God when the time is convenient he was following God when the pressure was on Why was that? Listen to me closely. Because God, he knew that God could accomplish more through his conviction than what he could through his compromise. And I hope you get that today. God is looking for people who will live with conviction of the power and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, not live in a time of compromise. Now, how was it things worked out for Daniel because he stood strong in a very overwhelming situation that could have very well cost him his life. It says here, beginning with verse 11, Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on the diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said, and at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed, to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to the king Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, He found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel stood firm. Daniel stood strong on his convictions, and he refused to compromise. God didn't deliver him from his circumstances. God delivered Daniel through his circumstances. And here's what I'll tell you, friends. God will do the same for you as he did for Daniel. Because here's what I know about God. God is great. God is bigger. And God is able. You know what? That's why we celebrate Easter. When you think about Easter, we celebrate Easter because our great God through Jesus Christ, his son, he's a grave robbing, he's a water walking, he's a miracle working, he's a death-defying God, and he's on the throne, and when you're loving and serving him, and you do not live in compromise, but you live in a state and a heart of conviction living for him, he will see you through no matter what you face in overwhelming circumstances in your life. You know there's a lot of great preachers through time and i don't know if you've ever heard some of the preachers and they'll be preaching and they they'll say well let me tell you something children you know life with jesus just gets sweeter every day and i'm thinking liar liar pants on fire they don't mean they're just talking about in their relationship but it's really not true when you think about because even with Jesus, we get overwhelmed. Every day is not sweeter, is it? Some it's just, uh, you know what I'm saying? That's life. But Jesus said that there's going to be some tough spots in life. In John chapter 16, before Jesus went to the cross, in verse 33, he said these words here. He said, I have told you all this. Now, I'm going to stop there for a moment. He says, I have told, he's talking to the disciples, I've told you all this. What is all this he's talking about? It's John's Gospel, chapter 13, 14, 15, up to this verse here in 16. Take the time and read your Bible about all these things that he's talking about. So he said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Man, wouldn't it be amazing if this verse ended right here? How many of you here want peace in your life? Raise your hand. Yeah, we all want peace. Here's what I'll tell you, friend. you got to make peace with God before you can have the peace of God. But here's where it gets tough. He goes on to say, Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Now, if Jesus had stopped here at this moment, we would be people without hope. We would be people that did not have any hope whatsoever. But he goes on to say this, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Then they took Jesus out. They beat him beyond recognition. They put him through six different trials. And then they put him on a cross That his own heavenly father grew the tree out of the ground and he died. They took his body down off of the tree, off of the cross and they put it in a borrowed tomb. And you know, I've been privileged to go to Israel three different times. And when you go to Israel, there's always these God moments that you have. When you read the scriptures from then on, they come alive to you. Because you've been there and you've walked there. And there's a lot of God moments I had. But the greatest God moment for me is when we went and had communion at the garden tomb. And here's a picture of the garden tomb. I walked in that tomb hewn out of solid rock and you know what i found in there nothing because jesus wasn't there And Jesus told him before he went to the cross, he said, I have overcome the world. And the very power that brought Jesus back to life out of that tomb and brought him out of there is the very power that I today am able to be able to relinquish in and to be able to relish in and to be able to have in my heart life because Jesus is in here because he's an everywhere at one time God and he can be in your heart and life too to help you get through this tough thing on this dirt ball we call earth probably one of the most overwhelming times I ever had in my life. I was 18 years old. I grew up in the church, but I turned my back on God. And I found myself for days in Sumner County Jail, stressed, anxiety, depressed, enslaved, ashamed of reproaching my family's name, even thoughts of wanting to end it all. but I need to pray. And I began to pray to God. God, if you'll get me out of the mess, this overwhelming mess that I've got myself in, I'll do anything you want me to do. And I said, second to that, God, if you'll send me a good woman that I can get married to and I can raise a family I'll serve them, I'll love them, I'll raise them in your ways. Please God, get me out of the mess I've got myself into. You know what? I look back all these years later and God gave me a beautiful wife, gave me three beautiful daughters, three awesome son-in-laws and I've got my seventh grandbaby on the way And they all love Jesus, all because I did not compromise, but I held strong the conviction that God had put in my life. And if he can turn a dope dealer into a hope dealer, just think about what he can do in your life today. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father in heaven, as we come to you in prayer this day, God, we love you, we praise you, and we honor you, and I thank you, Lord, for being the resurrecting God of your son, Jesus Christ. And today, God, there's no doubt that there's somebody here, God, that needs their circumstances resurrecting, God. They need their marriage resurrecting, God, that may be holding on with threads. They need their finances resurrecting, God, because... They don't know how they're going to get through. They need their family resurrected and brought back together or their health resurrected. God, they need to change to be able to fall on and resurrect them from an addiction or whatever it may be. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll move in the hearts and minds of all of these people today and those that are watching online as well, God. How many of you here would just be honest enough as we're still praying to raise your hand and say, I need to pray to God today. I'm in an overwhelming situation. Would you just lift your hand to heaven right now, all across the auditorium. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. How many of you here know that God has touched your heart and you need to receive Jesus in your heart for the first time today? You know that's what he's done. He's touched your heart. Just lift your hand real high and say, I need to make Jesus my Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. I see those hands. Anyone else? Just lift your hand and say, I need to receive Jesus as Lord today. I need his help in my life. Just lift your hand real high. real. Be proud of that, that God has touched your heart. Well, what we're going to do, I'm going to pray with you, and uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity. What I want to ask you to do, even if you're in an overwhelming situation, maybe you're coming back to God maybe today was your day to come back and you felt convicted to do that and you just need God to do some work in your life and you want to recommit your life I want to challenge you to come up here and pray nobody's going to do anything weird we're just going to pray with you up here today and so as we sing this beautiful song turn your eyes upon Jesus I want to ask you to step out just ask the person next to you to move say let me step out if they're scared to go, go with them let's pray together, let's get real with God today All right, come right on, don't wait So all of you to make a prayer and just make where you're at your prayer place. This is a beautiful place to pray here, but it's not the only place. It's the position of the heart, not necessarily the position of the body. But as we bow our heads right now, I want to ask you just a couple of things. Do you want to leave the way you come in with your heart? And i think if we had a one-on-one conversation if you don't know christ you'd say no i don't want to leave this way well you don't have to friend so right now i want to ask you first and foremost if you don't know christ and you feel him knocking on your heart it's because jesus wants to give you the life he made you to live it begins with your decision and your decision determines the destiny of your life so right now as christians be praying for these that want to receive the lord It's your prayer that's going to make the difference. So as we pray right now, just ask the Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life today. I invite you into my heart. I want to make you the Lord of my life. Just tell him, say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you, that you lived and that you died for me, and you resurrected so I could have life now and forever just tell him say Lord Jesus I asked you to forgive me of my sins I confess them to you I asked you Lord to save me my life today is yours if you prayed that and you meant that as we continue to pray and to receive the Lord and he gives you the peace that I talked about Would you just lift your hand real high? Just just lift your hand real high and say, I prayed to receive Jesus today. Give him glory. Just lift your hand all over the auditorium. All right, all right. Maybe you need to recommit your life to him. Just tell him, say, Lord, I'm back, God. Just tell him, I'm sorry I walked away, God. Please forgive me for that. I want to be reconnected. I want to recommit my life back to you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in the hearts of people today. Give victory to the souls of people today, Lord. God, you're such a wonderful, merciful, gracious gracious God, Lord. And We don't give you enough time in these precious moments right now, God. So we just want just to pray, you know, my heart breaks for anyone that don't know you. God, may it be today as a day of salvation. May you mend hearts, God, that are broken. May you help people in their relationships and their finances, God. May you help them, God, in their businesses and their jobs. May you show them that you love them beyond what they could ever love themselves. And today's a new day. And we praise you. And we lift you up. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all people say? Amen. 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 Let's give God praise, church, all right?
0: Happy Easter! We are so glad that you decided to join us online for Easter this weekend. Now there are a couple things we just want to talk to you about. If your life was changed by this sermon, um, if you have decided to give your life to Christ, or you want to take any kind of next step, we want to know that. So you can text the word SAVED to 615. 615- Nine hundred twenty-one seventy-six, and we want to get in contact with you. Giving your life to Christ is a major step, and we're just so excited for you. And we'd love to talk to you more about it. Um, and we'd love for you to watch us again next week, or join us in person. We are going to be continuing in our series, Overwhelmed, and Pastor Terrell is going to be talking about being overwhelmed um, and getting. Through anxiety, not giving getting over anxiety and the stresses in our life. And I know we can all use that in times like these where you know everything just seems so uncertain. Um, but with the power of God that we can get through it, and He's gonna touch on that next week. Um, we are so glad you decided to join us. If you would like to keep in touch with us, you can text the word freedom to 615 900 2176 and we'll keep you updated on all things Freedom Church. And you can also follow us on social media um, at Freedom Church TN. We hope you have a wonderful Easter weekend, and we'll see you next time.